Good morning, Anastasia Church. I'm so glad to be here to worship with you guys. Why don't you all stand to your feet and we're going to worship the Lord together this morning.
father's dream He only looks on me with pride Always so kind to me He says I'm perfect in his eye Why should I ever die? He won't ever change his mind
Lord Jesus, you are good. Your mercy endures forever. And Jesus, we look to you this morning, God. You are our maker, our creator, our savior, God. And give us your vision, your perspective. God, we look to you in this place. Hallelujah. Our God reigns.
or you have a prayer request, you can text the word CONNECT to 904-441-6900. It's a great place to get connected. If you are looking for what's going on in the life of our church throughout the week, you can text the word NEWS to that same number and you will receive a digital bulletin. And if you're worshiping in-house with us today, you can also head out to the welcome desk in the atrium to ask any questions and learn how to get further connected here at Anastasia Church. Just a few things that we wanna highlight this morning. This Wednesday, um, we are having Lighthouse, Lifehouse Night of Worship across the hall in the sanctuary. It's a great time of worship. Um, last month was so awesome just seeing all generations coming together. Um, so we encourage you guys to join us for that this week if you are able to. Um, this Saturday, February 4th, we are having our men's event champion. We're so excited. We're gonna have a great guest speaker, Anthony Fleming. Um, we're gonna have great food. We're gonna have a mechanical bowl, ax throwing, all sorts of fun things. So we would love for all you men to join us. If you would like to join us for that event, be sure to register online at anastasiachurch.org slash champion. And ladies, don't feel too left out because February 25th, we are having our women's prayer gathering here in the CLC. We are so excited. We're having a special guest speaker, Marnie Swinberg, and our very own Bobby Crumb is leading worship. And of course, there's going to be lunch. Who does not love fellowship and food? I know I do. So be sure to join us for that. Tickets will be on sale in the atrium following service or at Women of Anastasia. Um, and then last but certainly not least, if you are in middle school or high school or have a middle schooler or high schooler in your life, we would love for them to join us for Impact Weekend, March 3rd through the 5th. It's going to be a great time of fellowship for all of our students to come together, and it's always so much fun. So we're really looking forward for that this year. And now we're going to watch a short video about our youth program and our new building. Hey church family, my name is Lewis Fisher and I have the honor and the privilege of serving on our building steering committee here at Anastasia and completing the two buildings that we are calling the Family Ministry Center and the Activity Center. 
And I'm here today with our youth pastor, Jeremy Carlton, who is going to lead our teenagers uh, in these new buildings to get a little bit clearer vision of his vision of what it will look like, how it will impact our youth once they are completed. So give us a little bit idea of what you do every single weekend or, or during the week with our teenagers because you're the one who has the pulse and I think lots of us need to really know what's going on down there. Well, thanks so much for having me. Um, it is my honor to be the youth pastor here and, and I love working with our teenagers. We have large group and small group and our large groups are designed to uh, reach new students and to help them to connect with God and people. We do that through worship services, large group worship services where we have music and um, we have biblical messages tailored specifically for our students. But we also then move them to life groups, our small groups, where we um, train our volunteers to disciple them and help them to take steps closer to Jesus. We help them to learn to apply the biblical messages that we teach them. And then we also uh, have our small groups, we send them out to volunteer and serve in the community. We also have special events through the year. We do Impact Weekend, which is like a, a discipleship weekend. We do summer camps and a lot of other summer events. Wow, that is fantastic. Now, having been a parent myself, I'm sure that uh, working with teenagers is not all bells and whistles and ping pong games all the time. So this is 2023, uh, I'm dating myself, I'm 65. So share with us a little bit about the heart of the ministry today. What does it look like in 2023? Yeah, it's, it's really um, quite incredible to minister to teenagers nowadays. Now, working with teenagers, there's a lot that is always gonna be the same. There's those typical sex, drugs, and rock and roll issues. And as long as you have um, kids whose hormones are raging and they're changing and growing and learning out, learning about who they are as people, you're gonna have all of those issues. But there's an element in today's world that is so much different than it ever has been before. So when you add social media to the mix, things get crazy um, in a hurry. And when you add anxiety and depression more now than ever, then you see that these kids are hurting in ways that they never had before. And they are less equipped to process through these very, very difficult situations in our, our world and in our culture. Let me give you for example. If you and I did something when we were in high school um, and we weren't really proud of it on a Friday night, it might take two or three days before the whole crowd figured out what, what happened. But nowadays, with everybody with a cell phone and a camera in their pocket, and everybody with access to social media so quickly. You can do something stupid on a Friday night and in about 15 seconds, 600 or 1,000 or more people have seen your photo of exactly what you do and they can zoom right in on it. That's an incredible amount of pressure, an incredible amount of stress on our teenagers that they now have to process through all of that. I call it that a lot of times kids try to feel like they have to be postable mm. all the time. It's incredible pressure to have to, to look and be perfect. And we're not designed like that. That's just one of the little windows into their world nowadays, which make it so incredibly important for us to minister to this hurting generation that has so many issues that they have to deal with. Wow, Jeremy, I think you're blowing a lot of us away today with some of the things that we not necessarily always understand. We read about it. 
Yeah. We see it on the television, but we don't realize that it's right here, right here with us. Yeah. So as the youth pastor, share with us now the excitement, what you'll be doing in the new building once we're completed. With all of that difficulty, I think that's why it's so important that we get this building right. I don't think that's why it's, I think that's why it's so important that they have fun in this new space. Um, while I said there's a lot of new issues for teenagers, there's also a lot of things that are always the same. And kids want to have fun, which is why I love the idea of that rooftop pavilion area where kids can, can play and hang out and they can have a space that's tailored for them, that they love to be in, that they can call their own, and we can have fun. And then we get to build that relationship with them and share the gospel with them and talk about the deep things that matter. And that's what we're looking forward to in this building. It'll be um, an awesome place for them to experience fun and fellowship and in, in a way that matters to them. And then we can get to the heart of what really matters. Wow, that's great. And I'll tell you, I would love to be a teenager in your youth ministry. Thank you. Thank, Thank you very much, Jeremy. Well, church family, you've just heard today the why we are doing this for Generations to Come Faith campaign. And thank you so much for your faithfulness. And we ask that you continue to pray because that's what we're doing is bathing this entire project in prayer and trusting God. Thank you, church. God bless you. Well, good morning, church. I want to tell you that the highlight of my entire week was being able to sit and visit with Pastor Jeremy Carlton and just feel the passion exude from him and his service and what he does here for us at Anastasia. Well, church, I'm really super excited to share with you this morning that uh, last month, December of 2022, we eclipsed over $5 million for Generations to Come Faith Campaign. And I'm also excited to share with you that next month, February, will be the anniversary of our third year of journeying on completing the vision that God has given us here in Anastasia. And thank you for your continued faithfulness. So next month, what we're calling is our, our fruit offering for this year. And starting next Sunday and throughout the entire month of February, everything that's giving for generations to come, we will compile and then give you a tally in the first of March as to where we'll be at that point in time and closing in on our goal of raising $8 million before we have our certificate of occupancy for the two buildings. One of the ways that you can give is electronically on your mobile device and you do that by texting and the screen will show you how easy it is to 904-441-6900 and you just text in 4G and it will prompt you to be able to come down and to either give a one-time contribution to For Generations to Come Faith Campaign or to actually we would encourage you to pray about making a pledge for the next year as many of you have already done. So next month, uh, next week and all throughout the month we're calling our third year fruit offering and we ask that you continue to just ask God how he would have you come alongside and participate cheerfully and sacrificially as we move closer to completing the goal here. So before Pastor Walter brings the message, would you just now take a minute and pray with me, please? Father God, we are just so humbled and we're so honored that uh, you have given so much to us, Father, through these last three years and even before that here at Anastasia. And Father, as we take this time now to give back to you all that is already rightfully yours, we just ask, Father, that you would take 
these uh, tithes and offerings and generosity, Father, of this, of this congregation. You would multiply it, Father, to invest in the body of Christ and ultimately into the expansion of your kingdom. And we ask all these things in your holy name, Lord Jesus, your name only. Amen. 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 And thank you, Lewis. Sure appreciate what you're doing. And uh, hey, church family, good to see you. I tell you, we are committed here at Anastasia. We're, we're, doing, we're doing the biggest thing we've ever done, but the biggest thing we've ever done is not building the Family Ministry Center and Activity Center. The biggest thing we've ever done is making this commitment to reach families in crisis. I mean, that's what this is all about. It's how we can best minister to those families. So, so thank you for partnering with us. You're going to hear a lot more about that. You know, you say... How can I help? And, and I don't have a big bank account and I'm not great at working with youth. I have, I have an idea that we have a real need in helping people with, with moving to the next step. And here's that need. Uh, for the next year, our, our back parking lot is going to be separated by this construction zone. And we need more bus drivers. Uh, the people that are driving the bus force, the, some of them are getting a little tired and, and they're working double shifts. But if you could drive the bus, we have two shifts every morning. One, I think, goes from like uh, 8.30 to 10.15. The next one goes from like 10.15 to, uh, uh, I, I don't know, they tell me when, uh, <laughs> till, till 11.45, something like that. Uh, but, um, but we have those bus drivers. If you'd like to like drive once a month, uh, twice a month or something like that, uh, go to the welcome desk today and you say, you know, I'd like to drive every so often down there. They have a little form you could, you could take home and, and, and put some personal, it's private information because we had to do a background check on your driving and stuff. If you, if you, if you have a bad driving record, uh, you don't have to worry about this. <laughs> but if you have a halfway decent driving record and you'd be willing to drive people once or twice a month in the back parking lot to the front, you know, you'd be helping us in our commitment to reach families for the life-changing truth of the gospel, right? Yeah, so... Just one way. Hey, uh, get your Bibles and open them up to John chapter 15. John chapter 15. And uh, we're going through this series. We're calling it Lead Me to the Cross. And uh, today I want to talk about God's purpose. Years ago, I took this Bible study. And it, it was all about God's purpose and God's will. It was called Experiencing God. And I went through that Bible study, and I can't remember where it was, whether it was in the uh, books that, were, uh, uh, that, that you came with, you studied through it, or if it was with, with the accompanying VHS tape. Remember those? Had the VHS tape that came, and, and people would talk on the tape, and you'd, you'd listen to them. And I remember one of the questions was this. They said, have you ever asked God, God, what is your will for my life? God, what is your purpose for my life? And then they said, if you ever ask that question, you're asking the wrong question. The question is not, God, God, what is your will for my life? The question is really this, God, what is your will? God, not what is your purpose for my life, but God, what is your purpose? And how do I need to adjust my life to fit into the purpose of God? How do I need to adjust my life to fit it into the will of God? Do you see where the focus has changed? It's not about me. It's all about him. And that's what this series is about. It's lead me to the cross. We're going through John uh, chapters 13 through 17 as we move up to Resurrection Sunday. And we're, and we're talking, lead me to the cross. These are the farewell words of Jesus. And farewell words are so important. This is what Jesus said. I got to share with this with you disciples the night before he was crucified. 
and very powerful words and help us to understand how we can be more fully devoted followers of Jesus. How we can be, how we can be right there in the center. And so anyway, that path to the cross, it's a path of redemption. That's where we get forgiven. That path to the cross, it's a path of deliverance, but also it's a path of purpose. Because you follow Jesus, it leads you to the very center of God's will. That's what I want to talk about today. Will you please stand with me in honor of God's word? This is John chapter 15. And this is what I'm going to read verses 1 through 11. It says this. This is Jesus speaking. I am the true vine. And my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. The, branch are, the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. But this, by this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I've kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I've spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. May God bless the reading and the hearing of his word, Lord Jesus. I pray that your words would touch us. Lord, I pray that we would be transformed by them. Lord, I pray that we would understand your purpose and your will, Lord, and move our lives to the very center of that. In your precious name of Jesus, I pray. Have you seated? Just as a way of context and just getting a little deeper into the Bible, this passage here where Jesus said, I am the true vine, this is the last of the I am sayings in the book of John. If you read and study the book of John, the gospel of John, you realize that there are seven very important I am say, sayings where Jesus says, I am this. And, he, and in each of those sayings, he reveals something about his divine nature and he also reveals something about our relationship with him. And so he says things like, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the open door. I am the good shepherd. I am the way, the truth, and the life. He says these things and tells us who he is. And then here, the very last one, he says, I am the true vine. So he's the vine. We are branches connected to the vine. What a, a stunningly clear picture of what discipleship is. It's being in relationship with Christ. That's what discipleship is, being in relationship with Christ. If I were to divine what a disciple is, I think there are three essential components, but they're all about relationship. This is what it means to be a disciple. A disciple is someone who has faith in Jesus Christ. Faith in Christ for forgiveness. If you don't have faith in Jesus Christ, you've not trusted in him to save you, not trusted in him to get you into heaven, you're not a disciple. Also, a disciple is someone who is being transformed by Christ. Okay, doesn't mean you're perfect. None of us are perfect, but if you're not letting Christ change you from the inside out, are you really being a disciple? 
No. Are you really following him? Because when you follow Jesus, he makes changes just, just at the cellular level. And then, uh, and then I'm, a disciple is someone who is engaged in Christ's mission. Someone who has faith in Christ, someone who is being transformed by Christ, and someone who is engaged in Christ's mission. If you're not involved in what Christ is doing in this world, then you're not a disciple. That's what it means. And all of this is done in relationship. I mean, look at verse one there. I mean, I see three component parts, three, three actors in this area. It says, he says, I'm the true vine and my father is the vine dresser and every branch in me. So I see that there's the vine, there's the vine dresser and there's the branches and, and the branches are connected to both of them. The, the branches are connected to the vine. Okay. There's a relationship there. That's the branches. We're, we're connected with Jesus. And also we're connected with the vine dresser. We're connected with the master gardener and the master gardener touches us, okay? So that, that's, that's the relationship that's there. And in my life in Christ, it's a relationship. It's being connected to Jesus. It's being connected to God the Father. And this passage is all about abiding, abiding in Jesus as the vine. And in this relationship, there is a purpose. And you see the purpose in verse 2. In this, in this season, there is a purpose. In verse 2, he says, Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that. That word, that. You can, trans, you can translate it in order that. That is a signal. That is telling you that a purpose statement is coming up here. He is doing this for a purpose. And this is the purpose. That it may bear more fruit. Okay? God's purpose is that you bear fruit. God, it's, it's fruitfulness, okay? That's what it is. And, 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 and this is the point I want to make. You can write this down in the sermon notes if you're using them. Bear maximum fruit in the Lord. Not just bear fruit, bear maximum fruit in the Lord. We need to be, keep growing and bearing more and more fruit. If we've borne fruit before, we've given fruit before, he prunes us so we can bear even more fruit. We want to bear maximum fruit, Okay. When John wrote this gospel toward the end of the first century, a lot of the first generation Christians were dying out and a new generation was coming in. And John was relating to what was going on in that church. And for the first time, there were people coming into the church. They were calling themselves Christians. They were showing up in church, but they weren't bearing fruit. Can you imagine? Can you imagine people calling themselves Christians, showing up in church, but not bearing spiritual fruit. It started way back then. It's still happening today. The Lord has created you and is sustaining you in order that you might be increasingly fruitful. You might be increasingly effective. That you would be increasingly knowledgeable. That you would be increasingly skillful in your relationship in the Holy Spirit. And so this, and this, he's using this beautiful picture that, that the people back then would really know this, this idea of the grapevine. It's rooted in, in Hebrew culture and Old Testament literature. Back in Psalm chapter 80, uh, there's a great reference in, in Psalm chapter 80 about, uh, about the nation of Israel, the children of Israel being the vine. And God is watching over them. He's wanting them to, uh, to, to be planted and rooted deeply. If I were to move to Isaiah chapter 27, there's another passage. And it talks about in Isaiah 27 verse 2. It says, in that day a pleasant vineyard sing of it. I, the Lord, am its keeper. Every moment I water it, lest anyone punish it. I keep it night and day. And that first vine that we saw was the vine of the nation of Israel. 
And he says, lest anyone punish it, I keep it night and day. He's protecting the nation of Israel is what he's saying here. And it says in verse 6 of Isaiah 27, In days to come, Jacob shall take root, Israel shall blossom and put forth shoots, and fill the whole world with its fruit. Are you getting the idea that God wants us to be fruitful? He wants us to bear spiritual fruit. He wants us to bear maximum fruit. He wants us to hold nothing back. If we're going to be bearing fruit for Christ, why not bear as much fruit as we possibly can? That's what he's saying here. Well, now we see Jesus is saying, it's not the nation of Israel that's the true vine. Jesus said, I am the true vine. You thought you knew what the vine was? Let me tell you what the true vine is. It's me. It's me. Okay? And the Holy Spirit, it's the sap, the, the strength, the life, the sustaining nourishment from the vine that's coming into it. And we're the branches. And every branch has a purpose. And that's to bear more fruit. And here's what happens when we bear more fruit. When we bear more fruit, when we show that, that the Holy Spirit is, is making things happen in our lives, we are proving that the vine is alive. The way, when you show yourself to be a strong disciple, when you show you the spiritual fruit in your life, those things in Galatians chapter 5, 22 and 23, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, going on. What you're proving is you're proving that Jesus is alive and making a difference in your life and making a difference for an impact in this community. You know, what, know what's happening when you, when, you are, when you are bearing maximum fruit? You are showing off the glory of God. You're showing off how good a master gardener he is. Don't you want to show off what God's doing in your life? Wow. He does it so we can be stronger in him. Uh, you know, for the glory of God, I want to bear maximum fruit. So I want to be spiritually productive. I always want to be making spiritual gains. I don't want to atrophy. I always want to be making spiritual gains in him. And, and so anyway, that fruit of the Spirit, those are the characteristics. Sadly, sadly, can I, can I just share with you that, that uh, these are characteristics that describe a thriving follower of Jesus, but, but there are many followers of Jesus that are not thriving. They're not productive. They're, they're not growing. Why do, we, why do we lack patience? Why do we lack endurance? Why do we lack kindness? Why do Christians lack joy when we engage with each other, when we engage with the world? I think one of the reasons is that we sometimes confuse fruitfulness with painlessness. Sometimes we say, well, well, what I want to be is I want to be blessed. And we think of blessing as, as taking away all the pain rather than, uh, rather than uh, being blessed by growing even in the midst of the pain. Uh, what we really, really want to do is avoid pain. But can I tell, share with you this? Being productive, productive is not pain-free. Productive is not pain-free. Verse 2 of this passage says that being productive is not pain-free. He says, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, it gets cut away. And then he says, every branch that does bear fruit, it still gets cut Okay, there's still some pain there so that it can bear more fruit. No one remains untouched. So being productive is not the same thing as pain-free. I had a grapevine several years ago at a house I used to live in. I planted this grapevine in the first year. 
had no grapes. The second year had no grapes. The third year it started, it had maybe three or four grapes. I was so proud. Four grapes. <laughs> then a squirrel came. I was so mad. <laughs> but then it started producing. It started producing grapes. Uh, but you know, every year I had to cut back that grapevine dramatically. Because if you don't cut it back drastically, dramatically, what happens is the vines just strangle each other and you don't get fruit. You know, pain does not mean that God has abandoned you. You may be going through something real hard right now. Pain does not mean God has abandoned you. It means God will use your pain. He'll turn it into abundance. Okay. So this is the next point. I want to let God use my pain. I want to let God use my pain. The pain you experience, the hurt you experience. I don't know what you're going through right now. It might be relationship pain. It might be uh, physical health pain. It might be financial pain. It, it might be just a, a spirit of depression that you've been dealing with for a period of time. But I want you to know, let God use your pain because God never causes evil, but he will take the pain that we experience and he'll turn it into abundance if you just let him. So let God use my pain. Uh, here's another reason I think we don't bear fruit. Um, and it's coming from verse 4. Another reason why I think we, we don't bear fruit. In verse 4, he says, Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself. Sometimes we try to bear fruit by ourselves. Sometimes we try to see spiritual results using human ability. We try to have human strength to accomplish spiritual things. Let me tell you, uh, the branch alone cut off from the vine, it does not produce fruit because it is not the vine. The branch all by itself, acting like the vine, pretending to be the vine, it is not productive. A branch that's cut off by itself is a dead branch, okay? The point is, is, is that Jesus is the vine, I am not the vine. And so this is the next thing to write down. Don't try to be the vine. Don't try to be the savior of everything. Don't, don't try to, to make things happen just in your own power. Don't try to be the vine. Don't try to produce spiritual results with human effort, okay? This was the problem with the kingdom of Israel. They looked like they were spiritual. They're trying to do all this stuff, but they became disconnected from, from God. They weren't following God. And because of that, they weren't bearing spiritual fruit. Great place in Isaiah chapter five gives us some understanding there. In Isaiah five, we see this word. It says, let me sing for my beloved, my love song concerning his vineyard. My beloved had a vineyard on a very fertile hill. He dug it and cleared it of stones and planted it with choice vines. He built a watchtower in the midst of it and hewed out a wine vat in it. And he looked for it to yield grapes, but it yielded wild grapes. Oh, now, oh, inhabitants of Jerusalem, men of Judah, to judge between me and my vineyard. What more was there to do for my vineyard that I've not done for it? God did everything he could, and God has done everything he can for you to grow spiritually. Okay? And he says, when I looked for it to yield grapes, why did it yield wild grapes? Because they were trying to do in human effort what only the Spirit of God can do. Um, I cannot produce fruit for God. I surrender to God, and he produces the fruit. I put myself in the zone of his blessings, and he produces the fruit. Uh, and why do I do that? Because I am not the vine. Say that with me. I am not the vine. Raise your right hand and say it. I am not the vine. There you go. Jesus is the vine. Say that. Jesus is the vine. Everything good comes from God above. It's because of what Jesus does. As a branch by itself, a person who's not abiding in Jesus, 
Here's what we do. We turn devotion into legalism because we try to do things in human effort. We turn, we turn sin through the eyes. We look at sin through the eyes of a sinner rather than sin through the eyes of a holy God. And so what happens instead of repenting, we start rationalizing. That's what we do in human effort. We say, oh man, he can't do that. And so we start, we start rationalizing. And instead of aiming for forgiveness, we aim for permissiveness. And so here we are, we're in this country right now, founded on Christian principles in the, and founded on the principles of Christ and his kingdom. We have followers of Christ in this country that are measured in the millions who are supposed to be salt and light in this community and in this society that we're supposed to be influencing. We have leaders all up and down our culture that, uh, that are guilty of, of engaged in, in sexual exploitation. We have mass shootings on a regular basis. We have children being sold and trafficked for unspeakable things. And, and there are other kids that are left parentless over and over and over again. And there's an abundance of drugs in our community flowing like water. And we throw up our hands and we say, God, what in the world is happening? We're not connected to the vine. We're trying to do, even Christians trying to do things in human effort and not surrendering fully to Jesus. We got to be connected to the vine. We got to be connected to Jesus. We got to trust Jesus. You know, we're not bearing maximum fruits. And what we're doing is we're settling for wild grapes. We're just settling for whatever little fruit we can get. Folks, we got to be connected to Jesus. We got to depend on Jesus. We got to really follow what his word says, because I am not the vine. Say it with me. I am not the vine. He's the vine. God doesn't expect us to be the vine. He doesn't, he doesn't even want us to try to be the vine because we have a vine. We have Jesus. We abide in his words. We abide in his commandments. Not in the ones we want to make up, the extra ones. That's what we do in human effort. We abide in his word, his commandments. And then what I do is I follow Jesus where he leads. I rest in him. I'm quenched in him. And that's when I receive the power that he wants me to receive. Okay, let me move on. Verse five, I'm the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. I'm the vine, you are the branches, whoever abides. The secret is abiding. The secret is staying connected. That word abide, it also means to remain, okay, to remain, to stay in his care, to stay in his lordship, to stay connected to him. So I want to abide in the true vine and let Jesus bear fruit through me. What I really want is when people see me I really want them to see more of Jesus and less of me. That's what I want. Am I successful all the time? Absolutely not. But I'm trying. I'm trying just to surrender. Let, let, I want Jesus to shine through me. And, and the secret is, is a Christ-centered life of abiding in him. You know, leading me to the cross. That's what it means to, you know, to, to be led by Jesus, to be saved by Jesus, to be transformed by Jesus, to be engaged in his mission. That's what it is. And, and so it all starts... By doing this daily, daily, I say, Lord, I'm not divine. Whatever fruit's going to happen today, it's going to have to be you. Because I am not divine. You are the vine. And then abiding in him, abiding in his love. I think Christians experience burnout. 
I, I see just great, amazing people serving and volunteering. And on more than one occasion, I've seen someone get burnt out because they're working at church and they get doing so much that they get burned out and they just separate from the body of Christ for their mental health because they're just doing so much. And I think uh, what this means is that it's because we're trying to do all that work in our own power and not listening to Jesus to tell us what we need to be involved in and what we don't need to be involved in. And when we need to serve him with sacrifice and when we need to sort of stay back and rest in him, okay? And to find out where the lane is that he wants us to be in. You know, Jesus said, I'm the true vine. My father's the vine dresser. He's the one who puts us on the arbor. He tells us where we need to go. The power's in him. Do you ever feel frustrated trying to make things happen? Oh my goodness. (laughs) Ever feel frustrated trying to make things happen? Well, let me tell you. Can you release that frustration? And just give that to God. Lord, I'm just, I'm just going to be in you. I'm going I'm to keep following your path. And, and you show me what I need to do. And let the power of Jesus and the heart of Jesus and the eyes of Jesus uh, direct us. And let him support you on the arbor of his love and of his care. If you abide in him and he abides in you. Uh, it says, uh, verse 4, abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you. When I open up. When I depend on Jesus, I move to verse five. That's a beautiful verse there. He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, the ones that's resting in Jesus, and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. He it is that's gonna grow spiritually. He it is that that is going to uh, reach maximum fruitfulness in their life, and I bear much fruit. The path to Jesus. Uh, The path to the cross. It's the path of redemption. It's a path of deliverance, but it's also a path of fruitfulness and growing in his power. And it starts by being connected to him. And I just want to ask you, are you connected to Jesus? If you come into this place today, are you, are you trying to do things in your own power? Did you come into church today because you want to do all the good things because you're hoping that maybe you can do more good things than bad things? If you do more good things, then maybe you'll get into heaven. Yeah, that's not how it works. Because, you know, we, we can't do that. We can't make enough good check marks to get into heaven. Why? Because we're not the vine. He's the one that's connected to the Father. Are you trusting in him? I just want to say, if there's someone here, you think you're not good enough for heaven, you are good enough, okay? Because the bar to be good enough for heaven, it is very, very low, okay? It is very, very low. Holiness is very, very high, but he, he jumped over the bar for us. Here's, here's the bar. Trust in him. In humility, say, Lord, I can't, I can't do this on my own. I just need you. I need you in my life. And when you trust him, you, you bring him into your life. Then he takes the forgiveness away and you realize that you are forgiven. He takes, he takes the guilt away, sorry. And you realize that you're forgiven and you don't have to perform in order to get into heaven. You can perform out of the overflow of his love and his care. He loves you. He wants you to be in heaven. He's not, he's not keeping you away. He wants you to come in and there's only one way. Be connected to the vine. Be connected to Jesus. And so if you don't know what that means, you know, it, it is simple as saying, Lord Jesus, I am trusting you. That's the first step. And then daily saying, I'm not the vine. Daily reading his word. Daily trying to follow him. Daily trying to grow. And let and just surrendering to him and his word and, and, and he'll be faithful. He'll show you the next steps. 
I just encourage you, if you've not done that, do that. And then you follow those steps. You know, there are steps of faith that some of you may need to take. You know, one of them is, he said, repent and be baptized that your sins may be blotted out. You know, maybe there's a step of baptism you haven't done yet. Maybe you're already a Christian. If you want to be baptized, you can come forward during the song. We're going to stand right now, by the way. And if you want to know what it means to trust in Jesus as your Savior, you want to trust him right now today, this is a great day to do it. Come forward. We have counselors at the side. They'll help you make that decision. Take that next step. If you want to be baptized, just come forward and say, hey, I want to take that step of faith. You want to be a part of leadership, membership. You want to join us in our mission to reach families in crisis. You can do that this morning. Don't let this be a day that you try to keep doing things in your own power. Trust in him, abide in him, and you will bear much fruit. God bless you this morning. Lord Jesus, I ask that you bless us as we seek to do your will, Lord, as we seek to rest in you. And Lord, any good and perfect blessing, let it come from you and we give you all the glory. Here it is, my Father, glorified that you bear much fruit. Lord, we're, we're claiming that today, that you get all the glory for anything good. In your precious name of Jesus, I pray. And all God's people said, amen. God's calling you, you come.
heart and my soul. Come on, sing this. I give you control. Consume me from the inside out, Lord. Let justice and praise become my embrace.